You're listening to DB Diary thanks to Lakers Dragon Boat Club, the home of dragon boat paddling in Brisbane's Forest Lake. Good afternoon everybody, it's great to have your company again after what was a big weekend for Queenslanders and Victorians who completed their state championships and while it appeared to be clear skies in Albury, Victoria, I can't say the same about our Sunshine State. I mean, come on, what was happening with that weather? Lingering clouds and lingering rain, but despite that we still managed to get all of our racing in, so it all worked out in the end, just. Now with Nationals just around the corner, there's been some great displays of community spirit, the state championships, the Nationals will be a big success no doubt, but what does it mean to build community spirit? I think a really good example of that happened last week in Toronto in Canada, where the Afterburn Apex Cup took place, which saw about 60 paddlers participate in a paddle erg competition. Now, for more on that, I caught up with the brains behind the event, who also happens to be the founder and operator of the Afterburn Fitness Gym itself, Andrew Liu, and our chat is coming up now. Two, one. So, Andrew, I guess I'm, I'm really interested to hear about, you know, your take on how this day went. It looked, it looked phenomenal. Yeah, that was, uh, it was really exciting to do and it was a bit nerve-wracking because uh, it was our first time doing it. Um, but uh, I think it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was really fun and uh, we had a great turnout for our first one. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And how many people actually enlisted for the day? Uh, we had about uh, 64, I think. Wow, that's a um, So there, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a really good amount. We, we were, I don't think we had that high expectations. I think it was more along the lines of 10 would be nice. So it was, a, it was a great turnout. That's, that's, a, that's a really nice little uh, turnout there. And I was looking through the uh, the team lists, and I've got to say, there were some really wacky team names there. And I think one of my personal favorites was Sushi Bong. What was uh, yours? Yeah. Uh, that, was, uh, that was one of my team names, actually. Sushi Bong, uh, All Gravy, and <laughs> Dimsum Express. So those are kind of my favorite foods. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. lots of gravy, lots of sushi, and uh, yeah, Dimsum. And I'm interested to hear how this uh, all unfolded from the start to finish. Like, what prompted you to create this uh, challenge in the first place? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's along the lines of uh, what Afterman tries to do is just try and build community and and invest in the communities that we um, that we work in. Um, so, like powerlifting, Olympic lifting, and and dragon boat are kind of the areas that we we are most uh, are involved in. And uh, so this and so. Because we deal with the off season or the winter season of uh, Dragon Boat, it's pretty long season here in Canada. Um, so we kind of need stuff to do, and uh, and we don't really get to see our, our, our team members or the other well, not our team members, but other teams um, that often in the winter. So this is a great way to bridge that gap and really to gauge um, you know what where you stand in the off season, which is something that didn't really exist in the past. Um, so that's something that we wanted to do is invest in the community and I'll give uh, the community a chance to compete in the off season. What sort of race formats did you actually offer for this uh, Apex Cup? Uh, yeah, so the uh, so we had four different events, and what we wanted to do was uh, not only highlight like individual achievements and get people to be able to compete individually, but also um, highlight uh, the team aspect of Dragon Boat, which I, I I personally enjoy the most is the camaraderie and people pushing each other. Mm. Um, so we had the 200 and the 500 meter uh, distances individually, uh, which are standard. And then we also had a Fuel the Afterburn event, and then we also had a 2K Ocean Crossing is what we called it. Um, and then the, the uh, Fuel the Afterburn event was um, a bit of rowing, which is what we do, you know, in the beginning of the season mm. to build up our conditioning. Um, so we did a lot of that on the Concept 2 rower, and then the other half was uh, Paddle Erg. Um, so the teams would rotate every minute between the Paddle Erg and the, uh, and the uh, Rowing Erg. 
Um, and then they do that, get on each machine once, and then you would record the combined distance of both the machines. Oh, okay. um, and yeah, it'd just be a writing timer for four minutes. Oh. And the uh, 2K crossing was uh, yeah, just a two straight 2K um, for, uh, for time. Oh, nice. And was that on one panel? So, was that 2K uh, team event where they would swap out every, like, and rotate after doing a certain amount of meters? Yeah, yeah. So, they would do, uh, well, not uh, every certain amount of meters. It was the women, because uh, there are two men and two women on each team. Mm. So, the women and the men would both have to complete 1K. So, but the switches between the men and the switches between the women, uh, between the, the pairs, is whenever you wanted to. Yeah. And I saw a lot of different techniques featured. Uh, what was the most successful one? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, it's not necessarily. Well, I think there are a lot of uh, variations of the technique, uh, but I think most coaches here are, are they, most coaches here have different emphasis on what part of the stroke. Uh, but for the most part, like the stroke should look the same. And um, I think the variance in technique is mostly due to like skill level or experience and strength. Yeah. Um, so I think um, I think people keeping connected and and using their legs were. Um, yeah, I, I think are the major ones. So you'd see a lot of people, like I think, more at the beginner level. Um, things wouldn't be as connected with their hips. It'd be more like arm-driven versus like leg-driven. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and you'd see like some bent arms and stuff um, causing like energy leakages. So those, I would say, are not the greatest techniques, but you know, everyone's at a different skill level, and that's and we want to see everyone get better. Speaking of the dragon boating community, a point that you brought up before. Do you think that the the community as a whole should be doing more to build the awareness of the sport and to and, and help teams mesh together? Uh, definitely, yeah. I think it's uh, I think people take for granted the you know, the sport that we have and that it doesn't really it doesn't it doesn't grow um, and their experience doesn't get you know better if they don't invest in the community. Um, so teams generally and just individuals and you know in general tend to look out you know for the self and their self interest. Um, but it's really important that, um, everyone works together to drive, you know, the community forward so that, you know, it leaves a lasting legacy for the future people that want to enjoy this sport. Yes. Um, so I definitely think that's something that we're struggling with, um, as like a business and just me as a paddler and as a team manager, um, is how to, how to grow our team, how to grow the sport. Um, it's always been a struggle, I think. And when this event was all done and dusted, did you have any idea how many people were tuning in internationally? Because you generated a fair amount of interest uh, among my peers at my uh, within my own club teams. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was surprising. To, we didn't see the stats like um, internationally. Uh, I just saw our count maybe on an on an average basis, and I think it was about thirty or thirty five. Mm. <laughs> not a not a huge amount, but uh, I think it's still um, hearing pe- different people in parts of different countries talk about it. Um, is, is very surprising and, uh, and we're glad to see that we can you know, spread this, uh, this awareness and this, uh, this event everywhere. Who ended up taking out the, the categories? Oh, um, well, we had a number of different categories, but there wasn't uh, overall, um, there was a team award. Um, there were also uh, weight class uh, categories, winners. And, uh, and then there was also an age category. Um, but the overall winner was, uh, the overall individual winner was, uh, I think his name was Raymond mm-hmm. uh, for the men. And I think uh, the women, I think it was <laughs> Mackenzie, I think <laughs> was her name. And uh, yeah, and I think, uh, and we had an overall team winner as well that were from Waterloo, I think, in Ontario. Now, you hosted this event within this, you know, fantastic facility in the Afterburn Fitness Gym. How did that all come about? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, 
uh, Afterburn started about six years ago, and um, it kind of started for me as as a coach. I guess my experience as a coach. Um, I've been coaching teams for maybe the last fourteen or so years, yeah. and I've always found that I've always been looking for an edge on the competition. Always been learning and and, uh, and finding the best ways to get yeah to give my team an edge. And uh, one thing that I found that was lacking in the community was the place to train in the winter, mm. um, specifically to paddle in the winter. And uh, because our winter lasts or the times that we typically, our season typically ends in October yep. and uh, we start back up in April. So um, it's quite a long time to, to go without uh, paddling experience. Um, so I decided to try and look at you know, uh, making a paddle pool. And that's how Afterburns started is, is with the paddle, paddle pool and that really brought the community from beginners um, to advanced um, to to one place and uh, yeah it's just been and it's really grown to be the community hub I'd say um, for teams of all levels um, to yeah. train in in the winter. So you're getting a nice mix there of both university teams, social teams, competitive teams by the sound of it then? Yeah it's, uh, it's all across the spectrum I would say we touch like a good chunk of um, the teams that do off-season training I would say at least 80 yeah. percent of them is, is my guess um in in, in the uh, in, the, in this, uh, toronto greater toronto area okay and for people who don't have access to a gym like yours what advice would you give them are there any good resources out there that they can look at themselves to you know help uh, structure their programs uh i think uh, i think the best uh I, I think the best resource is actually a local um canoe or paddling club um in canada at least yeah. Um, so as I mentioned like earlier is that, uh, the, in Canada, like sprint canoe is the most popular sport and it's been around for a very long time. And there's a lot of research, um, that has gone into, um, into paddle sports, uh, mm-hmm. canoeing, which is really close to dragon boat. So if you have access to a paddling club, then you can explore, um, the workouts that they prescribe, the, um, the coaches and the strength trainers that they use. Um, and they would have a good uh, handle on what you would need to be to to be a good paddling athlete. Um, so I think that's your best bet um, for maybe Australia. It could be the uh, you know the uh, outrigger canoeist. Um, oh, but uh, there's plenty of those around. Yeah, I think you guys probably have some sports. Well, um, Andrew, look, that's all from me. I, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Um, it, it's I always really enjoy these sort of conversations and um, getting to know other people who've done some really cool things within our sport. Yeah, it was, uh, it was my pleasure as well. It's, uh, it's great to connect with you all, across, all the way across the world, and I hope to bump into you uh, sometime in the near future. Near future. <laughs> Sounds good, Alex. Thanks for that. That is all for the show today. I'll be back with more soon. You're listening to DB Diary. See you later.